Hello, and welcome to the LVP Architects podcast. I think we'll talk about appointments today. Um, so your appointment will depend on the type of project and client you have. Some will require standard forms, while others require a more bespoke one tailoring to a specific project. These sort of appointment forms are published by Reba, um, RICS, NEC and JCT. So it's finding the one that's most appropriate for the project. Now, if you're working on a large project or going to work on a large project, usually the appointment form is already decided for you. You you don't have much say in it. Um, you do, however, need to look through it and you will need to pass that by your insurers. Appointments might be on larger projects have already been decided and they need to be reviewed. You need to go through it. Don't just assume it's correct or correct is the wrong term or suitable for you some appointments can favor more the client than yourself and you need to check whether this is suitable for you what are you signing up to it's not just you're doing architectural work it's what's your responsibilities what are you liable for as well is another critical thing if you're doing a smaller project sometimes a standard form may not be appropriate because of the type of project but there are key items that need to be covered and is a requirement actually by ARB. If you don't know who ARB are, then you really need to go and have a little search. <laughs> it's, you know, ARB, the Architects Registration Board. Um, you can't use the title Architect without being on that register. Also, if you're a REBA member, they have specific requirements on appointments too in their code of conduct. Appointments are not just tick boxes because you're members of these groups but it's to protect you and also to make it very clear between you and the client what you're providing because these forms elaborate on your services let's say um, let's say on a smaller scale or well yeah, sometimes it occurs on very large projects if the client needs architectural work started while waiting for the documents to be formally signed between you and the client or say they're being held up in the your insurers who are going through it or their insurers or or on their side you need to think about what you could put in place that still protects both of you so a letter of intent is needed it's got to clearly state that there is an intention to enter into a contract at a future date that will be used and that's key that will be used you should never end up handing over a building and a contract is not being signed it, you're asking for a whole heap of trouble this letter needs to make clear what work time and costs etc is to be covered in the period before the signed contract so for a letter of intent to be binding it's got to have an agreement an intention and consideration so in terms of law and what you need to know for architects, you don't need to know it inside out, but I'm no legal expert, so I'm not going to delve into it all, but you need to learn the difference between civil and criminal law, the law of tort, and also any other areas that obviously are set out in your course lectures. You should be prepared to ask a whole heap of questions. You know, don't be shy. They're the professionals. Um, they're there to help you in that moment. So you've got to ask as many stupid questions as you think you need to to get it, understand it. Don't just sort of think, oh, I'll figure it out later. It's no point. You'll be wasting your time later. You know, ask there. Get a head start so that when you need to delve in it further later on, it kind of makes sense. 
a lot easier. So just to recap, the form of appointment is there to protect you and the client. So it's setting out not just the project particulars and your scope of services. It also has within it um, agreed ways to deal with any disputes should they arise throughout the project. You know, so if you can't deal with them amicably, um, I don't know, say you've gone beyond the construction phase or you're within the construction phase and it all goes horribly wrong that you're no longer talking to the client and there's no way around that then the contract provides a means for that and um, you know there's arbitration adjudication and mediation and a few others um, maybe we'll maybe we'll do a podcast on that on yeah maybe we'll do a podcast on dispute resolutions later on um, when we talk a bit more about contracts you know obviously that's going to always be in all of your appointments or it should be so you'll need to understand a bit more about appointments and standard forms and the types that are around you know what is suitable for a homeowner and funnily enough jct do a homeowner specific appointment document or is it more mid-range project and you know jct and reba do those kind of appointments like I said, so do Ricks and NEC. What's important is you don't need to know this off by heart. You don't need to know every clause. Um, similarly with building contracts, if you're the administrator, don't need to know them off by heart for the exam or case study. And we'll talk about building contract in, in a future podcast. What's important is you understand what they're covering. You know, So it will state the, the two parties involved in the contract the particulars about the project, your scope, um, fee, payment timetables, you know, like we've mentioned previously, dispute resolution. So the appointment's obviously related to architect and client. Uh, I suppose you should mention that. Client, what client, and when. So again, this is linking back to your project timeline and the REBA planner works. Is it a traditional procurement or DMB? Is your client the owner of the site or is your client actually the contractor? So again, standard forms still apply, um, but who's it between and when does it occur? And it's just, you know, it's like any contract, it's an agreement. So that later on, if there's an issue, you can refer to contract and it's clear there. You can download sample ones from JCT and Reba. I think they still do that. I think other sources are from the technical index online. Uh, I think there's probably still a fee attached to that. But you can download examples again for you to learn off. But your office actually should have these to hand. You know, they send them um, as well as receive them. So they've probably got um, an approved sample set that you can just go through and have a look, see crudely what it is. These are things that you need to be familiar with because you will come into contact with them at some point in your architectural career. I hope that kind of makes sense and you've enjoyed it somewhat and are a bit more aware about appointments. Um, I think in the next podcast we might talk about CDM. If you've enjoyed or want to know more about any topics that I've discussed on these podcasts, then please, by all means, go to the Amazon website and purchase my ebook called Unofficial Guide to the Architectural Part 3 by LVP Architects. And I'll see you in the next podcast.